All right, cool. Well, I got the mic now. So, um, George and Sarah are great friends of mine. Um, I went to uh, City Light and helped. Um, I was part of the teaching team there um, in Toledo, Ohio. But um, I really noticed and know about George and Sarah is they love people. And um, I've, I don't think I've met um, a more dynamic duo in just loving people. And um, they're in the inner city of Toledo. Their church, um, they can share probably some, but there's three strip clubs within um, a block to two blocks away. And um, God strategically placed them in that city to transform that area. And um, it's just cool to see what God's doing. I'm excited for them to be here because they're great friends. But um, I also want to put a plug in for tonight. Come and just hear what God's going to do even tonight because I know there's some great things going to happen. So Pastor George and Pastor Sarah, whichever one, George. So you have the floor, man. Sarah, come on up here. Yeah, uh, well, we're George and Sarah. No surprises there. Um, you probably saw on the picture I had a much bigger beard then, so sorry I didn't bring the full anointing. Um, next time I'm here, it'll be, I promise you, I'll, I'll be much more anointed like, like this guy right here. Um, so, Sarah, do you want to do you want to say anything about tonight? You want to kind of fill them in what tonight's going to look like? All right. So, I'm really excited. I'll give you a quick little preview and then save the rest for the evening. But yesterday, I was uh, my spirit leapt when Pastor Jonathan was praying about this weekend and the expectation that he had in his spirit. And he had prayed, God, let this be an oasis. Um, And that was actually really along the theme that I was hearing from the Lord. And early yesterday morning, the Lord just said to me that this is a time I want to bring of refreshing to torrid places. And I was like, what's torrid? (laughs) Sometimes Holy Spirit will actually put a word in my heart. And I said, what's that? just being honest, I don't know, maybe you all know what torrid means, but I looked it up, and it's this very hot and dry place. And he put this um, psalm in my heart. It says, uh, Psalm 84, blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with blessings. And I just felt like the Lord said that there are some people, like you have had your heart set on Zion, the place his glory dwells. You love him, you want more of the Lord, and you've been on this pilgrimage. And the Lord says you're blessed on your pilgrimage. But along this way, as they would pilgrim to this center of worship, as they would go to this place, there is a a geographical place called the Valley of Weeping. It was a dry place. It was a place of weeping, you know, is and that figuratively is a place that we find ourselves at times, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but inside some of you are saying, yeah, that's where I am right now. And I know George also has a scripture. I think he's going to share about how God lifted us up from the miry pit, the miry pit. And in all those places, whether we're in the miry pit or we're in a dark, um, hard place, place, a place of weeping. The Lord wants to encounter us there because we're not meant to dwell there forever. We're not meant to stay stuck. He's got a place for us to come and encounter him where his glory dwells. And I just believe that this, um, 
this line in there that says that they make it a place of springs. The Lord said to me, remember that it's, it's in your inner man that flows the, liver, the waters of living water, right? The rivers of living water. And so I believe that the Lord wants to help us to remember how to connect with the living water. Because sometimes in our lives, we get in our heads, don't we? We get to the place, it's hard, it's dry, it's hot, it's difficult, we're weeping, and we get somewhere in our heads and we get stuck there. But the Lord wants to remind us that the highways to the place of his glory are connected to our hearts. And it's in that place, there's a well of refreshing, and the Lord wants to meet us spirit to spirit in that place. And that's what I, what I just feel like tonight is an, a place of encounter. So I'm going to do a little bit of teaching tonight, but it's most going to be a place of encounter where you can have the the kiss of the spirit of God the sweet um, presence for you to be met in a personal way and I'm not going to give all the method away but it's it's a very um, special way that you individually can hear the Lord and we're going to activate you in that and I just believe that the Lord has great refreshing for you so that you're not stuck in that dry place anymore and how many of you like to be where his glory dwells and not in the valley all the time right Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah. Wow, it's good to be here. This is my first time here. Is anyone else here for the first time? Anyone? No, no? Okay. Oh, so this is how you treat new-time guests. You just make them preach. All right, so you guys do things wrong. Hey, I think it was cool, elders, how you gave them, like, you know, those little boxes with the keys to their new cars in it. That was really nice of you guys. You guys are so generous. It's awesome. Um, I was, can I get one of those? No, okay, fine. I'll take a flight back. Um, yeah, so, uh, man, I'm really excited to be here. Um, when, I, when I come to church, um, and I come to church a lot because my wife and I pastor a church, I, I always come with the expectation of, of transformation. I don't expect to come to church to, like, um, hear a great teaching. And I've listened to Jonathan's teachings, and they are, they are great teachings. Uh, but I'm telling you, as good as Jonathan's teachings are, um, there's, there's a better reason to come to church, and that is to experience transformation. I just, I just, you know, I prepare my heart that anytime I come to church, I hope that I leave different in the same way I came. And so I don't know, I don't know where you're at, um, but uh, I do know that you could make that choice now. If you've never like, well, I've never really thought like that. I've never really made that decision. Um, we we're talking about this parable that Jesus talks about, of the a parable of the sower. Um, and some of you guys know that that parable pretty well. Um, if you know, if you've read Matthew, you see Jesus talks about sowing seed. Um, and he talks about those that have received the word of God are like, are like seed that's being sown. And how many farmers, I know there's a handful of farmers in here. Raise your hand if, if you are like work on a farm or if you are a farmer. Oh, no one wants to raise their hand now. You liars. I know a bunch of you are farmers because I just talked to a bunch of you. Okay, anyway, fine. That's fine. Don't, don't tell me. We'll keep it a secret. Um, but I do know one thing about farming is I've never met a farmer that goes out in the field and just throws seed. I've just, I've just never met it. And, I, and I, you know, I just even believe 2,000 years ago when Jesus taught this parable that they had oxen, that the oxen plowed the fields, and, and they sowed specifically. They said, this seed, I want this seed here. So when Jesus talks about, talks about this parable of sowing seed into a field, he is, he is using a metaphor that actually is like, it's like making them really think. They're saying, wait a second, nobody farms like that, Jesus. 
No one just goes and throws a seed out, but he says the kingdom of heaven is like that. The ki- okay, there's Jim, my one farmer I can trust to tell the truth. Um, anyway, um, so Jim, when he farms, he doesn't go out and just throw seed. You don't go out and just throw seed in your field and hope for the best, do you? Don't answer that question. Uh, there was a little pause. He was thinking, just don't answer. Um, so so the, the reality is, it's like no good farmer would do that. But Jesus saying, this is how the kingdom of heaven is like. The, hang, the kingdom of heaven is like, is like a person who's received a word. So the question really falls on you. Like, like you look at yourself as an opportunity to experience the word of God. This is a question for you. What soil are you? What soil do you become? Like today, you actually get to make that decision, saying like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be the, the uh, you know, I'm just like really don't care. And so if, you know, the demonic birds of the air just want to come and steal it, like I'm cool with that, whatever. I'm just kind of here because my friend made me be here or whatever. You could be like, the shallow soil and, and hear a powerful message and experience God and be like, wow, that was incredible, and walk out the door like the Bible says, a, a, a man who looks in the mirror and like forgets what he looks like. You could be like that. You could also uh, be like the gravelly soil that says, God, I want to I run after you. I want to, and then you go from this place and hang out with maybe some old friends that you know, aren't really walking with the Lord, and it's, it's not a community where you influence them, but rather they influence you, and you know what? It's just hard to live for Jesus in a, in a surrounding like that, and you could make that decision, or you could decide today, like, hey, I don't know about this George guy. Like, I don't really trust people that live in the city or whatever, um, but I do want to receive from the Lord today, and I do want to to be changed, and I want to I want to walk out this place even just a little bit different than I came into this place. So, just between me and you, like I I, I make the mental choice every time I, I come into church to God. I just I want to be in I want to be the good soil today. God, I don't know what's going to happen in worship. I don't you know I don't know whoever's bringing the word, even if it's me, God, I pray that, that I would leave this place changed. So can we just pray real quick and, and just kind of decide in our hearts where we want to be? God, I, I speak for myself, and I, I'm, just, I'm just the good soil today. Whatever, whatever I have to do to make that shift, God, and what happens here, I do not want to lose the seed. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to come into this place, God. Your word says you sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world, Father. And uh, Father, I just pray you'd start with the church. I pray you'd start with, with this church. And the conviction of your Holy Spirit's not a bad thing, but it's such a good thing. So God, move us wherever we're at, Father. Move us to be good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. So you, uh, how many of you guys use uh, your phones as the Bible, like a little app on your phone? Does anyone handful of people. You guys aren't hand raisers around here. Oh, this side of the room. This is the side. How many guys use your phones to read the Bible? Okay, a handful of you guys. If you use the Bible app, it's a really cool app. You can actually look at the sermon notes today if you just kind of go to your settings and click events. Did we get that out or is that, we don't know. Okay, well, uh, you know, you can kind of see some of the sermon notes there. It's really, 
really cool. I just plugged them in. So if you search, you can find Spirit of Life Church, and then all my notes are there. You can follow along. We're going to look at Psalm 40. So if you brought, if you brought like real Bibles where you like to listen to the paper turn, you can open those to Psalm, Psalms chapter 40. And if you're, you know, you got your smartphone, you scroll your finger or whatever. Um, We're going to look at Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3. I'm just going to read it for you. Uh, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I love that because when I look at this verse, what I see is a a journey. I see a spiritual journey, a journey of one who's caught in a miry bog. What the heck is a miry bog? I have never said miry bog in my daily life. I'm like, hey, did you see that miry bog? Can we just walk past? I didn't even know what a miry bog was. I just knew that it was a bad thing. So I had to look it up. So I was like, well, sure enough, it's like this bog and it's miry in there. Um, it's actually like a, a, a clay pit, right? You get stuck in this clay pit and you can't get out. And, you know, so, you know tonight's service is going to be really a lot about finding both in ourselves and how to minister to other people around us, um, how to get them up and out of the miry bog. You know, the, the cool thing is, is Jesus saves, saves our, uh, our eternity, right? He brings us an eternity and he promises us, the scripture says, oh, I'm going to go prepare this mansion for you in heaven. But you know what? A lot of times we need to be saved now. Like kind of out of things like depression, kind of like out of things like anxiety, like addictions. You know, so, some of us need our marriages saved. I, I know... Man, uh, I've talked to people that their financial situation is, is a mess and they feel financially like they're in a miry bog or just relationships with their, with their children or, or whatnot. It's like, man, this, this is a pit right here. And I I'm, I'm just encourage you, come tonight because uh, we're going to talk about that and, and be able to be set free for some things. I love the series that Jonathan's doing. I listened um, to last, last week's message. How many of you guys were here last week? Um, cool. Well, last week he talked about something that, that um, like, I actually really don't ever hear any churches or pastors talk about. He talked about the demonic and the reality of demons. And, you know, I was, I fell in the camp that, like, well, I'm sure they're real, but I'd, it's much easier just to pretend that they don't exist. Um, that just clears a lot of things up for me um, until until I really came face to face with the reality that um, that so, sometimes um, we we can just uh, the reality is is that the devil hates you and he would just love nothing more than for you to fail. And the devil hates you because God loves you a lot, so he's going to do everything he can to trip you up, to hang you up, and and uh, it doesn't have to be this spooky, weird, mystical thing, but it does have to be a reality where we face where we face struggles that no matter how much we try in our own nature, uh, that we just need God to rescue us from this miry pit, deliver us from this from the snare, this entrapment. This next thing he talks about, he talks about on our spiritual journey. Um, if you you know if you see if you got the notes from the Bible app, you see this like little graphic of. 
of this nice straight incline and a little guy riding a bike and he's like, here's my plan for my life and he's going to ride the bike all the way to the end. And then below is like, this is God's, you know, this is how you know, my life is with God. And, and it's not just a nice straight line. There's pits and there's jump, you know, ropes they got to climb over. There's little lakes and rivers. And, and the reality is, is like our, our spiritual journey, our walk with the Lord is, is, is very, uh, is never like linear. It's never like I started here and I'm going to end here. Sometimes it's like, wow, part of my life went went five steps forward, but there's another part of my life that never actually got out of the pit. Or, or I had this part really good, and now I took a few steps back. And you know what? The reality is, is in our, in our spiritual journey, we can both uh, have one foot in the pit and the song of the Lord in our mouth. The next part is, is that he establishes our feet on this rock. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus talks about this um, this building on the rock. He says this. He said in uh, Matthew chapter 7, it was like the, it was like the closer of his, his like, most powerful sermon, right? The Sermon on the Mount. This thing was the pinnacle sermon. He launched his ministry with this sermon. And, he, and this was his closer. And he says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And then when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell and a great fall it was. Now, I think when, when I read a verse like this, I'm like, well, Jesus, I know I've said yes to you, but I do know that that periodically I can take inventory of my life. And I've found areas that though my heart has said yes to you, for some reason, this area of my finances, I built this thing on some other thing in the rock, some other thing. You know, my... Maybe my relationship with my wife, like, God, I've given, I've given you everything, but, but for some reason, this part of me was never really founded on the rock. My prayer for you today is that, that you would take Holy Spirit inventory of your life, that you would look and kind of examine your heart and say, you know, is there, is there areas of my life that wasn't founded on the rock? I'll tell you what, I, I've not been around this church long, but just hanging out with, with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Bo and, and seeing what happens here and hearing the vision, I, I've learned to discover that, that your pastors, the one you, you have honored here today, has set up this whole church to help, to, to help every single person that walks through these doors to anchor their life on that rock. I mean, I even see just, just very practical things like uh, Discover Track and, and how when people come here, that they can, they can find real just simple ways to anchor themselves in the rock. And I just want to encourage you, like, like Jonathan did not pay me to say this. Um, he did not be like, look, at, I'm going to give you a bonus if you kind of include this in your word. No, this, this had nothing because I believe in things like these. You guys have connect groups. I know that that every single one of you is on a spiritual journey, whether you like it or not. And I know that it's next to impossible to walk that journey alone. 
It's next to impossible to, to maintain on that rock by yourself. And I think coming to church and coming to a Sunday morning service is a wonderful first step. It is an incredible first step, and it's going to help you to continue to begin building this rhythm of weekly coming to church. But I just want to encourage you, you know, get that's not it. Get connected because that's where you can do the things that Paul talks about. That's where you can one another. That's where you can bear one another's burdens. That's where you can ask questions and ironing, sharpen ironing. That's that place. Okay. Did I do good? Okay. I, I fulfilled the little contract we signed. Okay, good. Uh, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding, guys. You need to get, you need to get plugged in because I just, we do that at our church. It's, it's, it's life-giving. And you know what? I'm just going to stay on this point a second. It's not easy to get plugged in. I know that there's a reality in every church in America and possibly in this room that people walk in this place filled with people and they leave feeling alone. I just know that's a reality. I know that there's a reality that, that some walk in this place and say, I have, I have feel like, like I've tried to get connected and and for whatever reason, there's just this resistance or I feel like, you know, no one's friendly to me or whatever. This is the deal between you and the Lord. Make it your point saying, I am getting connected. You know what? I'm not going to believe this lie from the enemy that I'm somehow alone and that this place that's filled with so much love somehow doesn't want me here. That's just, that's just a lie from the pit of hell. Feels a little quiet in here this morning. It's all right. This last part, I'm gonna, we're going to try to get out here before 2 o'clock. We're going to try to beat the Baptists to lunch, okay? This is my promise. Yeah, we got a hand clap over there. All right, now the Spirit's coming, yeah. Um, this last part, this is, this is, in my opinion, this is the most important part because this, this, like, sh- this brings our spiritual walk from, from uh, the beginning steps into maturity. And I've seen the Lord mature someone so fast that, that the moment that they've said yes to Jesus, they got it. They said, I, I get it. What Jesus did for me, the song becomes in my mouth and I'm going to sing this song of praise that the world would know him and fear God and would change everything around me because of what God has done in my life. I've seen that happen on, on someone that is brand newly saved because they get it. Like God just imparts it. But I've also seen, I've also seen believers that have been believers for a really long time and have, and have got this idea like, okay, I'm going to get my foot out of the pit and I'm going to stand on this rock and I'm good. Like that's, that's, I'm done. If I can just stay on this rock until Jesus returns, I will be good. I do not need this song in my mouth and I, I this the whole world knowing him and fearing him, that's someone else's job. That's not none of my business. I just need to keep, that, that's, that's a reality. And that, that's a temptation, I even believe, in a believer's life to say, okay, um, I, I don't get where, when Jesus is coming back, but I ho- sure hope he's coming back soon because my feet are on this rock and, and I'm getting anxious. Here is the reality. I love it when I read the scriptures, when I see it, Old Testament to New Testament, I see this thing is this, is this commissioning work. 
just started from, from way back in the beginning with, with Abraham, this, this founding father that we even, even as Christians we can trace our lineage back to this is, this is the guy and where our faith kind of started. He says, I am going to, to bless you and be, through you the whole world is going to be blessed. And I just see this. I see this like, like with Isaiah. And Isaiah is encountering the Lord. And, and he's just in this throne room experience. And man, I'm telling you what. I had an encounter with the Lord this morning. I mean, what happened in this place was incredible. But this is, this is Isaiah's experience. And he is in this throne room experience. And he's just seeing angels. And he hears the voice of the Lord. And he, and he sees God's face. And he, and he sees the heartbreak of God. And he says, see, see this. Who am I going to send to fix this problem? And Isaiah is, this is just this point where he's, he's barely been a man of clean lips. He's barely, barely in this place where he's still alive in the throne room. I mean, he, he's, he's shaking, and he, but he realizes the heart of God, and he realizes the mission of God to bring redemption to the world around him. See, I live, I live in the city, and um, it's really, really diverse, you know, uh, economically diverse, socially diverse, just diverse across the board and you know in our church is, is just a cool mix of like uh, folks from the suburbs you know folks that own businesses and folks that that you know were living on the streets not too long ago and folks that are newly married and single people and you know senior saints who have been doing this for a while and and I, I'm telling you what I've spoken a lot of churches and and I even sometimes see it in the eyes of my own people and I've just I've just seen it and this is what I see I see two kinds of people. I see those who have been very successful earthly and earthwise, man. They, they have complete, they're just successful. Man. Uh, they've found stability and independence. And actually, apart from God, they, they don't need a whole lot. They, they've done well in life. And I see a group that have, that have struggled and it's been tough for them. When I say something like this, I say, do you know that God's, plan for redeeming the world involves you like more that it involves you uh, like he didn't he didn't necessarily need you but he chose you he chose not just you but he chose his church and those that have said yes to Jesus he chose them i see two reactions from people i see those that that depend on god to to get cleaned up, to get off drugs, to, to, that, that have depend, they've been so dependent on God, they, they, they light up. They say, really? God needs me? And I see those that have, that have just found, found it that, that you, know, I, you know, I go to church because it's the right thing to do and I want to be a good person and this is kind of part of the process. I'm going to see like this letdown. Like, oh, I, I was just kind of, kind of here to, to hang out. You mean God needs me to do something? Like God wants me to get my hands dirty. I don't believe. In fact, I know that on coming here, I was not going to find a people who didn't want to say yes to the Lord. You know, we, we did this thing today, and it was in, incredible. And I don't, you know, Kelly, I don't know if you planned to do that song or how, how it all worked, but 
how many of you guys, like when we were, when we were singing that, there was like this kind of prophetic yes that came, that came out. How many of you guys just came into agreement with that? Like, yes, yes, Lord. How many of you fully knew what you were even saying yes to? We got one guy here. He's, I knew it. I, my guess, because I didn't fully know what I'm saying yes to. All I knew is that whatever God had it in mind, I'm like, I'm sold. God, whatever your idea is, I'm in. And so, so that confirmed in me that I wasn't coming to a people that was just ready to just be comfortable and coasting this thing out until Jesus came. I knew that I was coming to a people, and this confirmed it, that was, that was ready for God to touch their lives in such a way that it would infect the people that don't know him around them. But I also knew that, that sometimes we need to catch that revelation, that sometimes it's, it's hard to look past and saying, God, uh, sometimes I have my foot in the miry pit. I don't know how I'm going to have this song of redemption to bring the people around me to know you and fear you. Here is, I'm just, you know, we're just going to make this message a real short and sweet one, okay? Jesus talks. Jesus spoke. Paul wrote and Peter wrote. And each one of them made statements. Jesus said, um, it's the Father's will that no one would hold these little ones back from coming into the kingdom. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, God's will is that every single person would know him. Uh, Peter wrote, you know what? It's, it's God's desire. It's his will that no one should perish. So here is this question we're going to think for a second. This is a really fun question, but how you answer this question, actually, this, this single question, it's a yes or no question. How you answer this question actually dictates your theology. It dictates how you view God and your responsibility with God and your ability to even partner with God in anything. This one question, it's not a trick question, but it'll sound like it. Does God always get what he wants? Does God always get what he wants? The Bible says that it's his will that all would be saved. Now, I also read parts in the scripture that, that tell this very sad story. That tell this reality that not everyone finds him and not everyone knows him and not everyone encounters him the way that I have and most likely most of you have. And when I, when I read this, I, I see that the... This God who's done so much in my life, who's saved me from so much, who's, who's raised me up and, and filled me with his spirit, that he has this desire. And he has this desire that he's looking for something that he's lost. And he's looking all around and saying, there's, there's people that I've lost and I want them back. And it is my will and it's my desire that none of them would perish. And when I hear that from the Lord, I say, God, I, I want to help you, God. I want, 
God, fill my mouth with your song that I may sing praises to you that people around me that are far from you would know you and fear you the same way that I do. I want to tell you the story of the first time, the first time this like, this like hit me in a, in a way that I, I can't, I don't even have words for. So my wife and I, when we were younger than we are now, we started this ministry in, in this neighborhood, right? This kind of rundown neighborhood. And we bought this house, massive house, massive house, like 8,000 square feet. And trust me, we weren't rich. This thing was rundown. Um, and we, we bought this house, and we just turned this into an urban uh, missionary base. And just people who wanted to be urban missionaries. And I had never even heard of the term before. I'm sure someone coined it long before me. But I'm like, we're just urban missionaries. Who said you can be urban missionaries? I don't, I don't know. I just made it up. Um, and so, so we bought this house, and we just started reaching out to people in this local Panera. One of, one of the things we did is this local Panera bread would donate uh, all, their, all their old bread. They just, like, you know, they'd bake bread for that day, and at the end of the day, whatever they didn't sell, they would give to us, and we'd take this bread. And we had this group of teenagers that just, uh, you know, some of them knew the Lord, some of them didn't, and it didn't matter. They just didn't have anything to do. So, so we just turned— we just, turned them into missionaries, whether they knew the Lord or not. We're just like, all right, you're going to serve Jesus, and, and uh, we'll, get, we'll fix the rest later. Uh, so bag up this bread, and we want you to take this bread to people's houses. You're just going to bless people, right? We don't want anything. We're, we're just building, building bridges and building roads, and they just go all throughout the neighborhoods, knocking on doors and just saying, hey, hey, we just want to bless you with this bread. And, you know, the ones that were just, some of them just caught fire for the Lord, and they were just excited for the Lord, and they'd be praying for people and stuff like that. And then, and then uh, they come back one day from just doing this ministry, and they're like, George, you have to come with us. Like, there's this person I just want you to meet. You have to come with us. And this is the story of Diane. And I go with, um, go with these young people to Diane's house, and Diane lived in this, this really run-down apartment building. And when I say run-down, I mean it was run-down. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know that something that run-down was in our neighborhood. And I knock on the door, and the door opens, and it, it smells, and it's dirty. There's guys, just kind of people, just not even just lifelessly hanging out in there. And Diane, this small, very, very small woman, she wasn't old, but life had taken its toll, and you could just see it on her face. She lived a hard, hard life. And the young teenager said, George, this is, this is our friend Diane. And I looked at Diane, and I, I saw for the first time the Lord just spoke to my heart and says, I want to reach Diane. This is what breaks my heart. This, this is my mission. You are my son, but this is my mission. And when I looked at Diane, I was speechless. Her hair singed from smoking crack. Her teeth long gone. I said, Diane, the only words that I could come up with, Diane, I love you, and so does God. And Diane fell into my arms and began weeping. And God delivered her from addiction, addiction, 
God delivered her from a lifestyle that was would make you blush. She came and moved in with us and got freed from a whole lot of stuff. Got filled with the word of God. And Diane had this thing for King James. She just loved to read the King James. She would just read it, this Bible. She just got filled with the Spirit of God and just read this scripture day and night. And uh, I think Sarah gave her this Misty Edwards CD, and I'm telling you what, she played that CD so much I never wanted to hear Misty Edwards again. And you see, that was the first time where the Lord used someone like Diane to, to change the way that I viewed the world and to say, George, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to find the things that I lost. Will you help me in that? It was the first time where, where the realization that God's redemption for the world, like he was asking me to partner with him in that. You see, what Jesus says in this like, this, like sequence of parables, um, Jesus comes to this parable. He says, uh, I'm just going to read this short one. I think it's, it's powerful and it speaks right to the point. He says, in Luke chapter 15, he says, Oh, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the lost coin that I've lost. Just so I tell you, this is Jesus saying, Just so I'm telling you this. There is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents because the reality is that there are lost things that are really important to God. You are nine, you are nine coins of silver in this place, but there is one loss that is not here today. There is one loss that is not here today. And when I, when I mean that one loss, I, I, look, I look at the, the city of Kearney and I look at Buffalo County and I see this population of 80,000 and I see, about, I see about 20, 30 churches. And I do the math. I do the math on it, right? If every single person would save all 30 churches, all 30 whatever churches would have, have about 1,500 people in them. If all lost coins... We're in the hands of the owner. There would be 150, there'd be 1,500 people here in every church. So here's where we're at, and this is, this is what I'm going to turn it over to Jonathan here in a minute. Uh, I just believe that when we have this encounter here today, when we talk about the flame of God coming and sweeping over this place, I know that God's intention is, is that his spirit just doesn't want to end at the, the nice, beautiful gray and purple walls in this building. I know that when, when we cry out to heaven and heaven comes down and fills us with the song of the Lord, that we would sing praises to him, that our prayer, prayers and praises change the environment, the atmosphere over this entire county. And if you have faith, you know what? It's going to happen. And I, I'm witness to it. We are seeing it in Toledo. So here's the question I have for you today. My question is, is, are you okay with just your feet being on the rock? Or are you brave enough, that, that courage that says, God, I don't know what this looks like. I'm just going to say yes. 
I don't know fully what I'm saying yes to. I'm just going to say yes. To say, God, would, would you fill me with the song of the Lord in my mouth? Would you fill me that it impacts the world around me to know you in a way that would radically change their life? I believe um, in what's going to happen tonight. I know my wife. I know how she's going to minister. I know, I, you know, we've been praying into this a, a long time, and so we know how God is going to move in this place tonight. So I'm going to challenge you. If you have said yes to God, if you've said yes to, to saying, God, I, I, I get it. Like, there's, there's more. Like, your desire is to see people encounter you in, in the same ways that I have. We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin speaking to us. Some of you may say, like, look, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard the Holy Spirit. I don't, know if, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Well, here's, here's the reality. The Bible talks about, you know, sanctifying your mind. The Bible talks about, about you have the mind of Christ. It also talks about taking everything captive, right, and making sure that it's in submission to Christ. So, so why are you taking every thought captive? Where are those thoughts coming from? So I just believe that the Holy Spirit can just be like, boop, and you take that thing captive and you say, wow, this looks like Jesus. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and the Holy Spirit is going to begin um, dropping names and faces in, into your mind, and you're, you're going you're gonna to just know that that's the Holy Spirit because, man, he really wants people to be saved, and I doubt the devil's going to tell you a bunch of people that needs to be saved. And so we're going to just pray this prayer, and uh, we're just going to see how the Holy Spirit just just pours, begins flooding it. Some people are just going to get one name. Some people are going to get lists of names. Um, So let's just pray right now. Jesus, we just come knowing that we're so grateful that you have redeemed our lives. And, but Jesus, we know that there's so many more out there, God, that it's not enough for them just to say, well, I'm a good person. Well, I, I believe in God. I may not serve Jesus, we know what the word says, that the devils, that the, the demons even believe God. Believe in God. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you just begin invading our minds? Would you just bring names of people that are far from you, that you have put in relationship with us? Father, sons and daughters of ours that don't know you. Father, co-workers that we have really good relationships with, but we know that you're not the Lord of their life. Father, people that have been a part of this church that have strayed out, that have, that have wandered, that were a part of the hundred sheep and somehow got lost out there. Holy Spirit, would you begin, in, begin bringing their names to our mind? Father, people that live in Buffalo County that need a touch from you, those that we're in relationship with. Father, we pray right now for salvation of their souls. God, we would pray that you'd remove the demonic veil over their eyes. The word says that, that those that don't know you have a veil, God. The, the gods of this age, lowercase g, have veiled the, the eyes of those that are far from you, that they can't see your glory, they can't know you. God, so we just pray, remove the veil right now in Jesus' name. Would you remove the veil? 
If, you're, if you just have that person and you're in agreement with this prayer, just take one action and raise your hand. Just, just take one action and say, I'm agreeing with this prayer. Remove that veil over my coworker's life. Remove that veil over the farmhand's life. Remove that veil over my neighbor's life. They need a touch from you. They're far from you, God. Remove that veil over my son's life. Remove that veil over my daughter's life, God. Remove it, God. Jesus' name. Okay. We can say yes to God and take no action. The Bible talks about it like this. He says, he says, hey, there was there was a dad and he's a farmer, and he goes to his sons and he says, Hey, will you help me on the field today? One says, Yeah, sure, I'll help you on the field, but then actually doesn't ever do anything. And the other says, no, dad, I'm not going to help you on the field. And later changes his mind and goes out and does it. Which, the Bible says, which one of them were obedient? Which one of them actually answered the call of their father? So it's not enough just to say yes. So, you guys may never invite me back after this. But I'm going to challenge you one step farther. I want you to take out your phones. Everyone in this place, take out your phones. If you have a phone, take, take out your phones today. And that person, oh man, some of you guys are going to love me for this. Some of you guys are going to hate me for this. But when we, see, when we see lives transformed, I trust that you'll forgive me. If you don't have a phone, I, I, I want you to promise me that you'll go home and do this. You'll call a person or whatever. You're going to text. This is the only time Pastor Jonathan has let me allow you to text in church, okay? Other than this, this is forbidden. You're going to text that person and you're going to invite them to come out tonight. You're going to invite them to, hey, say, hey, uh, whatever their name is, you know, hey, uh, I'm in this, I just, I'm going to this thing tonight. I just really think that it'd be great for you to come with me. You know what? Some of you are like, listen, this person's never going to come. This person's not, you know what? Don't say no for them. We just prayed that God would remove the demonic veil over their lives. We just prayed that that veil would be thin. Don't say no for them. And invite them to come out because they, their lives could get free. Their lives could be eternally, eternally changed because of one small yes. So if, if you don't have your phone with you or whatever, you can't. My encouragement, when you get home, call that person or whatever. Communicate somehow saying, hey, I'm going to this church tonight. I just, you want to come with me? I think it's going to be really powerful. We have these crazy people from Toledo. Let's look at the spectacle. So tonight, I want to see this place filled with people, not only ourselves that need a touch from God, but a whole bunch of other people that need their lives radically changed because I, I just believe that out of this church, Spirit of Life, that's up on Dove Hill Road, that's strategically, prophetically placed so you can see across this whole county, I believe God put you here for a reason. I believe God's given you spiritual authority. He said, look, ask me for the nations and I'll give it to you. Well, I don't know if I have faith for the nations, but I could have faith for Buffalo County. I believe that you could fill this place up. Jonathan, I'm going to hand it to you. Thanks, man. I was just worried about him moving the pulpit a little bit more. We're already on the edge there. I just, I texted uh, my friend and I said, hey man, just thinking about you, we have a special service at 6 p.m. tonight with some guests from Ohio, just wanted to give you a personal invitation, so it's pretty, it's pretty hard. Hey, um, 
I'd like to just take a minute and bless them. We're going to have our ushers come and uh, all the way from Ohio. Man, all the stuff that they're doing, their church right blocks away from multiple strip clubs. People are getting saved, healed, and delivered. And uh, I just want to honor them and bless them. If they've blessed you, uh, uh, let's just bless them. I'm just going to pray. Lord, right now, we just thank you for uh, George and Sarah Williams. And we thank you for their ministry in Ohio. And Lord, I thank you that you're depositing something in our church. Lord, you're continuing continuing to stir our heart for the lost and, and for your presence at the same time. That, that it's not one or the other, but it's both and. And, and so, Lord, we, uh, we come into agreement with that. Would you bless them in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. And I'm going to have Pastor Kelly lead us in some worship. George and Sarah are going to come and, and be, be uh, uh, ready to pray with anyone that needs prayer and, and, uh, or just wants a touch from the Lord. And, and if, uh, if you have children, this would be a good time to, to relieve our, our children's workers and all of those good things. Bring the kids back in here if you'd like. We'll, st- we'll hang out in here. We're going to worship a little bit longer and hang out in here a little bit longer. Um, if you want to go get your kids, you can get them. And so, uh, George and Sarah, would you come on up? Pastor Kelly, would you lead us? And see you guys tonight. God bless you. Oh, hey, one thing is we have uh, uh, a meeting for Thanksgiving baskets. If you want to deliver Thanksgiving baskets, we got a meeting out in, uh, I think it's in the conference room. Um, So if you want to be part of that, you can do that right now. Break your walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down